Hi, and welcome to the Not A Game podcast. This is episode 69 Eve, as I'm going to call her, (laughs) (laughs) which is episode 68, otherwise known as one episode before I can say it's episode 69. I'm Jordan Erica Weber, and I'm joined by Tom Hatfield. Hello. And Laura Rich. Hello. Shmai. Shmai, should I keep? (laughs) That's all I know. Don't answer, because I won't know what you mean. Okay, I won't. I won't carry on. I won't carry on talking Welsh. We can just pretend that both of us are fluent and we're just doing it for the sake of Tom. Totally. (laughs) Polite. Um, Now, we've invited Laura on because we've both been playing this war of mine and we've been playing it very differently. Um, So I thought we'd talk about that later. Also, because nobody has asked us any questions. So I thought that that could replace the question part of the show. If that's cool. Um, But I do have a silly question to start the podcast with. And that is because it's December now. It's Decembered, apparently, or so my friends are telling me. So what is the best video game beard? Mm. Um, Skyrim has some excellent beards. Oh, yeah. Back in those days, you really could just let go, couldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's well, not like Skyrim, <laughs> Skyrim is really cold. So I always thought that beards would be really practical in the winter. Mm-hmm. Mm. And this is where we, it sucks to be a woman because, you know, or a woman who can't grow a beard anyway. I'm sure there's yeah. something No, I think it's that's why I find faces. beards so fascinating. Just because I can't grow one myself. Does Robotnik count? That's not a beard, is it? No, he hasn't got a beard, does he? It's just like a huge mustache. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. Let me, let me check. That would have been, uh, that would have been Movember. We've missed that one. <laughs> I'm kind of freaked out by, um, uh, Blackwall's beard in Dragon Age Inquisition because he has a ter- has terrible tendency to clip through his collar when he's talking. My favourite beard is probably uh, Captain Price from. Um, oh, that's a pretty good beard. because it is yeah. ridiculous and just yeah. like the most upper class Englishman beard ever. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's just well. It's, I think it's because. Like they, but uh, they basically ported the character straight from the Second World War Call of Duties into the modern Call of Duties, complete with ridiculous 1940s facial hair. Uh, Zangief is pretty good. Mm. Uh, it it matches his hair. It's really well styled. I'm googling so, because I asked angular. the question without thinking yeah. of an answer for myself. No, can, can, shall we just do this? Shall we just not podcast and look at <laughs> video game I was, beards? I googled. Um, I'm surprised there's a tub before it. Yeah. Hatham didn't have a beard. He, was but he doesn't quite... have a beard. He's clean shaven. Yeah. yeah, which is probably why I like him. See, I, I mean, usually one, like one of the reasons. I like a bit of stubble. Mm. Mm. Thankfully, lots of video game characters have stubble. Yes. Almost all of them. <laughs> the guy from um, uh, North, uh, The Last of Us has a beard. Oh, he's got a nice beard. Yeah, that's good. Kind of regular, regular beard. And then there's Snake. I think has a beard. That scruffy, haven't got time to shave it beard. I like those. They're not on purpose. They're the best beards. You don't like your men to be too groomed, do you? <laughs> I don't, no. <laughs> I think we've had this discussion before. Have we? Probably. I think so. <laughs> um, I quite like the one from the guy from Alpha Protocol because like, he's normally clean shaven and all the things, but there are some random custom- handful of random customization options, and one of them is the ability to just give him a completely inappropriate and nice beard. <laughs> <laughs> It, it makes him look. There's loads of people who've like uh, given him like have him running around with like a beret and aviators and a huge beard, and he kind of looks like Fidel Castro. <laughs> Amazing. I uh, the Sims gives you some pretty good customization options for beards. Like you can have all different kinds and all different colors. Mm. So that's quite nice. If I had a beard, I'd probably dye it a funny color just mm. for fun. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to not try it at least once. But then I, I get everyone to call you Bluebeard. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a thing before where I've 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 grown I've reasonably I'm not, I can't actually grow a great beard, but when I've grown it to a fair uh, a fair size and then sort of shaved it off in stages so I can start try as many styles as possible on the way down. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, you sound like oh yeah yeah I've tr- I've tried that. Yeah. No, this, this is something that I would try. Like you go goatee. <laughs> And All then right. you yeah. shave off the sides of the goatee, and then you, I don't know, you shave it into a triangle. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you turn it into a soul patch, and then you take out the bottom, so it's yeah, more that's the one I. Yeah, that's the one I. Yeah. 
Mm. Well, that's probably enough about beards. <laughs> well, for now. <laughs> for now, maybe we'll revisit. We'll, later we'll chat later <laughs> after the video games. <laughs> Uh, what has everyone been playing? Laura, what have you been playing that's not this war of mine? Because we're going to talk about that later. Um, I played Monument Valley. That was pretty fun. I only picked it up because people were complaining about the DLC. I, did too. I think they've made quite a lot of money this way. <laughs> it's quite a good PR play. Yeah. Well, I, I'd seen it around and I'd seen people saying it was good, but I just kind of ignored it. I think uh, my phone it wasn't very good. But then I got a new phone and everyone started complaining that they had to pay games for this thing someone created. And I was like, right, let's check this out and give them some money because they're obviously having a hard time right now. Mm. And it's so pretty. I love it. Mm. Um, there was one part where I actually just, like, you have to open this box with your finger and I just, I was like, oh my god, it's so beautiful. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it just felt like, it just felt so perfect and so intricate and it was just really beautifully done. But yeah, it's a puzzler. Um, it's not too difficult and it's really adorable and just, just pretty. Is it the kind of game that makes you want to take loads of screenshots? Yes, I have tons of those on my phone right now. Oh, cool. Monument Valley screenshots. Um, yeah, it's, um, Basically, the whole level is in the screen at once, and you move parts of the level around. You change perspective, and it'll change the angle that you can walk at, or you slide things up and down for little platforms. And, yeah, it's just so cute. Mm. And you play a woman, which obviously... Well, a girl, but, you know, young woman. Mm-hmm. So oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to add that to my list now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, she's... I, I haven't understood what's going on at all yet, because, like, as far as I can tell... There's this princess wandering around these weird M.C. Escher drawings, and then occasionally she puts a cube on a pedestal. <laughs> yeah, she seems to be uh, giving these things back. Like uh, she was called at the beginning, she's called a thieving princess. Mm. So she's on a quest for forgiveness. So she's putting these items back that she's taken. Mm. I don't oh, that's know what they are. I never I don't think I've ever played a game like that before. Yeah, it's really sweet. And the atmosphere is really nice as well. It's it's kind of sad, kind of lonely, but it's also just so beautiful that it's happy at the same time. And the way that she she kind of she pitter patters along, it's just really lovely. Yeah, they've clearly done a lot of work on like, mm. just the sound of and sort of pacing of the movement because they realise that's all you really do. Yeah, just <laughs> walk around a bit. But yeah, I, know, I quite like your description of them as a box actually because they do kind of feel like a weird little puzzle box toy. Uh, all yeah. the levels are full of these little handles that you twirl and bits that you slide in and out, and they feel mm. kind of weirdly Lego-y or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really lovely. Is it better than having like a physical toy that was the same kind of difficulty? <laughs> well, that'd be awesome. Do you know what I mean? Like, if if you showed it to someone who was, you know, anti-video game, would they be like, "Oh, wouldn't you rather just play with a"? Well, uh, with a proper puzzle. Part of the point is of it is that they are optical illusions, so you can't do it in mm. real life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, I suppose you can assemble the shapes in real life, but you wouldn't be able to have something walk along them. Um, if you know. Okay. What I mean. Yeah. So it's something that only video games can do. Yes. So maybe that's maybe that would be a good argument for the anti-video game person who came along. I don't think it would be as soothing in real life because you just you feel like you just have to touch everything so gently to just kind of fit in with the game. And if I had one in real life, I would be like trying to tear it apart and shaking it and tapping it. So yeah, it wouldn't be the same. Like with the Rubik's cube when you take all the stickers <laughs> off. I've never done that, but I have. Um, oh yeah, me neither. I've googled the solution. So. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen any of those videos of like um, people who can do them ridiculously fast and like blindfolded and stuff? People are. Yeah, so you can do them in like six steps, I think. Mm. Is that maybe that's not true, but it could be. <laughs> I feel like I watch things like that and I'm like, oh, I've wasted my, you know, years that I've been alive. And then I think, well, maybe they've wasted the years that yeah, they've been alive. Or maybe they just Googled. Maybe they did. <laughs> they cheated. Have you, um, have you been playing anything else? I've been playing, uh, Wind Waker HD, mm. um, which is just wonderful and charming and lovely. And probably everybody's played that, but me. I mean, um, actually, <laughs> I got, 
that as my extra free game when Mario Kart came with a free game. Yeah. And then I gave it to my brother because I just don't really have much of an interest in Zelda. Yeah, no, I was the same um, until this game. Um, and I kind of I felt like Zelda's always something that I really tried to play because I feel like I should. And I thought, right, I'm really, really, really going to get into this one. And I'm, I'm playing it at the start and I'm just like, oh, kind of bored, don't really care. And then... I get to the part where you get in the boat, and that was it. I was like, oh, wow, it's so beautiful. I love this game. So, and then I can't put it down, no, except for the parts where I get stuck, because it's it's got that, that horrible thing that old games can get away with more bullshit. Well, they could back then, like things like where if you fall, you have to climb all the way back up to a place. So parts like that that I get stuck on are annoying. Yeah, but. it has a really annoying, like, Big, uh, opening actually, if I remember correctly, uh, when we, cause it has this like insta fail stealth thing where you get hit spotted by a spotlight and then stuck back in the jail all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, and that's rubbish and nothing like the rest of the game at all. No, um, yeah, no, I, Laura, I, I does probably... it make you want to play the other ones because the other ones don't have boats, as far as I know? <laughs> well, I am enjoying the rest of it now a lot, so um, I am planning on playing them all. I think my New Year's resolution is going to be to play every Zelda game. Um, I played the first one a lot, but the others mm. aren't, aren't like the first one. Um, I think um, what put me off was that they're kind of childlike, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Um, I'm saying it's because, just not your cup of tea, is it? Because I have children, mm. I like to play things that aren't childlike at all because I spend a lot of my time doing those things. So, and that's what was putting me off, I think. Um, I don't, yeah. yeah, no. But I, I want to play them all. Um, now I'm actually enjoying myself. I finally got past this resistance. Mm. And like, I was kind of, I'm really good at, um, sulking. So at the start, I was, I was complaining to myself, like, oh, this game is expecting me to care about the universe and it's assuming that I love Zelda already. <laughs> and then when I got to the boat and I just completely changed, I was like, oh, okay, finally I get it. And that was what I wanted. I wanted to fall in love with it and just get it like everyone else does. So that was pretty cool. And I'm going to move on to the others. I'm not going to play them in order. And I'm not going to play all of them. I'm just going to play the main ones. Mm. I was going to say, I've... Um, I've not played a lot of Zelda at all, really, but um, when Wind was the one I really got into, because um, it was the one that came out around the time when I tried playing them. Um, yeah, it's, it's really weird, actually, because people often talk about... Um, uh, like, at the time, the uh, whole, like, um, cel-shaded and uh, animation style caused a bunch of controversy and stuff, <laughs> and internet raging, which is ridiculous because it's beautiful. But it's kind of weird yeah. in that uh, there's... There's this perception that Zelda is that um it's still, it's still around amongst a lot of people that Zelda is maybe um should uh, shouldn't be too kid like but for me that's that's all it's ever been and that fits yeah. perfectly. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wouldn't ever say that that is isn't shouldn't exist. Mm. I, I now I'm like no, I, I wouldn't want to see a more grown up Zelda. I'm like no, I really like this the way it is. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine what the like gritty grown-up reboot of Zelda would be like. <laughs> it it would be like uh, Devil May Cry or something. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Tom, what have you been playing? I have been playing. I should probably ask actually briefly because uh, um, you mentioned in the setup for this that we were going to talk about which video game characters we were going to bone. You still want to do that, or are you going to save that for next week? No, that's for Holly. Okay. She specifically wanted to talk about that. Because I made sure that I got to the shagging part in, in Dragon Age in, a, in anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you? Only for that reason. Yeah. Obviously no other interest. Uh, no. I have been, there was a Kotaku article or something today, like showing videos from all the different sex scenes. And I had a quick look. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't sit down and watch them all in order or anything, but no. um, I kind of, yeah, I think I want to. I think I want to play Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> Everyone's just been going on and on about it. Mm. I but I haven't played the up. other ones. Hmm? Laura? I'm going to pick it up tomorrow. Mm. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I did. Basically, I, I got to the, the one of them and then decided to watch the others on the video because there's probably no way I'm going to play it through 
three or four different times romancing different people. <laughs> oh gosh, no. It's because it takes like 60 hours, right? Mm. Can't oh. you sleep with multiple people in this one? Because that's my plan. Um, I think you can. Um, <laughs> Just like uh, real life. This is like me with a uh, Mass Effect. When I did my Mass Effect mm. replay, I was like, I'm going to be a male shepherd because I wanted to be bad. And for for me, that meant male. So yeah. I was male shepherd. And his his ambition was to sleep with a different woman in each game. Um, yeah. So basically, uh, I um, basically there was one bit where I accidentally hit the um, flirt button with another character. Um, and they went, oh, I thought you were involved with someone else. And I think <laughs> you can continue that conversation if you want, or it gives you the option to sort mm. of bail out and go, no, whoa, may I didn't actually mean to say that. Um, <laughs> Epic. Uh, also, yeah. How long like... until we get the first Dragon Age threesome? <laughs> well, there was, that was an Origins. Actually, there's a foursome in Origins. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Hold on, how far in? Uh, not that far. I think, um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to revisit this. So if I remember correctly, yeah. uh, this is yeah. It became kind of notorious for this. Um, there's a bit in the um, there's a bit where you first go to the main city um, where you meet Isabella, who actually later becomes one of the main characters in Dragon Age Two, um, and you can sleep with her. And if Zevran is there, he can join in. And if Leilani is there, she can join in. <laughs> I think there's a few different combinations, but the maximum you get is four. Oh, amazing. Um, awesome. And I think that's for either gender. Um, Do you get like a puzzle of like trying to fit everyone in the right <laughs> No. <laughs> like a mini game. I think it's, uh, yeah, I, I think that one's a bit of a fade to black. Uh, thank- thankfully, really, because the, <laughs> the sex scenes and Origins were terrible. Um, and then there's, then in, um, in Dragon Age 2, Isabella is a regular companion, and there is a quest where Zevran shows up, and I think you can have a threesome there, which is especially weird because it's you're literally like on you're literally in this like um, generic kind of rocky coastal area, and I think you just go behind a rock, <laughs> or the rest of your companions presumably just sort of stand around trying to not look. <laughs> uh, Why wouldn't they just join in? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there you go. Um, but I don't know about this one. One thing that's interesting actually about uh, Inquisition is that, uh, without go- uh, we'll probably, I'll probably go into it more next week, but, uh, is that it doesn't do the thing, they've kind of slowly moved away from, uh, the thing where it's like, we must fuck before the final mission. <laughs> and the weird thing where your, your relationship is like coupled to the progression of the plot, and you can only like finalize it just before the end, but it doesn't seem to, be that way at all anymore. Is there anyone you can have multiple, you know, uh, dalliances with? Like, well, say, you know, every time you get back from a mission, it's like you have a quickie <laughs> where you go back out again. I'm gonna, I, I, uh, the, yes, with Cassandra, who's the one I've been romancing. I assume most people. You basically there is yeah, there's a sort of big climactic uh, romance scene, but then it's just then as a conversation option. Later on, you can go. Hey, you fancy going? So you fancy you fancy you know a quickie, and then for some reason you teleport to the upper level of the, the to a balcony overlooking like the armory. Mm, <laughs> That's where she sexy. likes to do it, apparently. Um, which is weird because there's people working in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's a uh, what do you call them? People who like to be watched. Exhibitionist. That's the one. Mm, possibly. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Saying. Uh, the thing I was actually going to talk about. Yeah, is Xenoclash, which I picked up in the Steam sale. I don't know if people have heard of that. Uh, Xeno with an X. No, with a Z. Ah, then no. It's from a few years ago now. I think five or six, kind of like a bit of a weird indie game before the weird indie game boom. It's, um, (laughs) it's a sort of first person punching game, mostly, um, (laughs) by, I think the team from Chile. Uh, and it's this weird, it's got this absolutely bizarre setting with this sort of, um, punk caveman look with, um, weird bits of like, um, Flintstone style technology and things like that. Um, so it's mostly about punching, but there are guns in the game, but they're made of like dinosaur bones. Uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's, it's a really unique looking game. Um, 
with so it is kind of like the Flintstones in that we've got modern technology, <laughs> but it's all made out of yeah prehistoric materials. Yeah, kind of. It, it is like some kind of extremely violent punk version of the Flintstones. Is there a massive stake in it? Uh, not that I've seen so far. Oh. Uh, but yeah, and it's really strange because it's, <laughs> like it starts off with you um blown up what appears to be some kind of weird cult leader, and then you've got various you and your um sister run away but you've got various other brothers and sisters i think possibly not in the actual sense in the way i describe them as a cult because that's how they act who are a lot of them are anthropomorphic animals so it's like you'll be so within like five minutes of the start of the game you are just like punching a a weird parrot man in the face uh um it's really weird (laughs) Uh, i don't know that sounds pretty normal to me Mm. Um, it's got good ratings, nine out of ten. It, on yeah, Steam. it's good. It's got really um, good uh, uh, first-person punching in there. Mm. Um, you know, just a nice combination of. It feels really impactful, and there's a nice little combination of blocks and dodges and little moves you can pull. But yeah, and and, it's, and the look of it, as I said, it sounds weird that I've described it as punk friends, but that makes it look really weird and different. <laughs> uh, Tom, I haven't played many. I haven't played many first-person punching games. Can you give me some examples of some other ones? There's not a lot, really. Are they, you can do it in um, Skyrim and yeah. things. Just don't equip a weapon. But uh, Chronicles of Riddick games do it quite well. Um, you'll most at least the first one of that those you don't get a gun at all until like halfway through. So it's you're either punching or shiving people in a prison. <laughs> first-person shiver. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, most of the time they're not, they haven't been very good. It's, it's where it tends to be, you know, um, interesting and get talked about a lot when someone actually manages to do it right, which uh, Xenoclass really did. Um, but yeah, it's such a bizarre, like, plot full of weird non secretors. Like, immediately after the, immediately after that bit, which I was playing, you then sort of run into the wilderness where there's these weird people who, like, dedicate themselves to a single thing it's like there's this guy who just walks in a straight line because that all the time because that's what he does and there's this guy mm. who really wants to be invisible so he claws out the eyes of anyone who sees him oh <laughs> no <laughs> that's one way to do it yeah. <laughs> and this is all just uh, explained through weird flashback to it's also got a non-linear story as far as i can tell because you keep playing through flashback section it's yeah weirdly ambitious um mm. i don't know if they ever produced um, another game for these guys, which is a shame because it was great and it looks absolutely fantastic. I will probably use this as the picture for for the podcast thing. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's re- it's really interesting. It was about one pound fifty or something in the Steam sale. It's probably still not very much now, but uh, look for it in um, just winter sale. It will probably be going for a quid or two, and it's definitely worth it. Did you pick up anything else in the Steam sale? I did. I picked up uh, Endless Legend. Which, uh, remind me. Which is a um, turn-based uh, strategy game. Um, same people who did Endless Space. Right, yes. Uh, which I haven't played much of yet. Only like the uh, tutorials and stuff because I'm going to be doing a... I'm going to hopefully be doing a, a uh, multiplayer game of it with a bunch of other journalists in at some point next month. Um, so that'll be cool. And that's... But that's quite interesting in that it's, it's very civ-like, um, but it has... The big thing about the Endless Games is they go really um, unique with all the factions that you can choose. Like, it's not it's not just that everyone will be more or less the same, but with a few bonuses and maybe some unique units. There'll be people who fundamentally work differently, who have completely different goals. Um, instead of like the Civ thing where you've got like a technological victory or a conquering victory or a diplomatic victory, those will be attached to a, uh, a faction. So one faction will be like, you can only win di- diplomatically. Um, oh, okay. Uh, and also yeah, there'll be other things like, like the, the default um, uh, the default faction that you start with, it's heavily it's implied in their description that they're, they're actually like crashed astronauts who've forgotten that they're from space. <laughs> uh, and then there's other ones. There's uh, a faction that is like these knights that have... Uh, these sort of weird undead knights that live in their armour and they don't eat anything, they just consume uh, dust, which is kind of, I think, a sort of money-like uh, resource. So they completely ignore 
one res- uh, the food resource and own, uh, and require way more of another one. So they play radically differently to everyone else. And pretty much all of them are Does like it... that. Uh, in Endless Space, for example, there was there's one faction which is entirely clones of one guy. Um, <laughs> like that movie, which I've forgotten the name of. Star Wars? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's the one. <laughs> um, did everyone see the uh, trailer for the new one? Not that that has anything to do with video games yet. Yeah, do you know what? I, I was... I was like really uninterested and I wasn't properly bothered, but then I watched the trailer and I like, did a silly grin and I was like, oh. <laughs> I haven't actually seen it yet, no. I mean, it's not, it's not a great trailer, is it? It's just the fact that it's Star Wars mm. and you're watching yeah. it and you see the Millennium Falcon and you, Falcon, you hear the music and you're just like, oh, this is going to be cool. Hopefully, please. <laughs> uh, here we go. I found out what it is. They're called just the Horatio because they're all Horatio. He's just an eccentric <laughs> billionaire who has cloned himself several million oh, times, wow. and now he's a race. <laughs> wow! Does it feel um, does it feel balanced having these different races that want different things? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, it'll probably become apparent after a few hours into the uh, multiplayer game that I'm planning to play. But that's presumably the hard bit, and that's why no one else does things that are so completely different. Mm. Um, That'd be interesting to yeah. to find out. So uh, I'm just trying to remember some of the other stuff. Um, I think I heard someone say, although I'm not sure if it's myself, that um, trade, like there's a faction that controls trade, and if like if that faction isn't in play, just no trade happens between factions during that uh, during that game. Uh, and the diplomatic faction, for example, like everyone else, when they beat someone, just like conquers their stuff, but they can defeat someone and force them to surrender. Or force them to form an alliance, which no one else can do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they all play in, in very different ways, which is going to be should... really interesting in a multiplayer game, which is why I really want to get one going. <laughs> Have you got, do you know which race you want to be yet, or are you going to random? Uh, I don't know, yeah, it'll t- depend who else is involved and what they call. I quite like, I, I quite like to be one of the, like, non-standard ones, one of the ones that doesn't win just by conquering people, like the trading or diplomatic races. Um, just because I've done the paint your map this colour thing so many times now, um, mm-hmm. it'd be more interesting for me to. And also, I think it would be really good in a multiplayer game to play the diplomatic guys and just just be like, no, no, guys, stop fighting, please. It's yeah. a bit like um, when we played uh, Neptune's Pride, uh, <laughs> which has no, oh, yeah. which has no diplomatic system, but that consists entirely of just chatting with other people, um, which I did a lot of lying and scheming in. Um, in fact, at one point, I tried to um, get two people to attack each other by sending Photoshop screenshots of their troops. Oh, <laughs> oh that's amazing! That's so cool. Oh, this is going on my wish list. Uh, yeah, that, that was from that was from uh, Neptune's Prime, which I think I've talked about before. So, uh. um, it's definitely worth. I, I think everyone should play one game of Neptune's Pride, and you probably won't mm-hmm. want to play another because it's really. It can, uh, but by, because by the end it's really draining. And also you hate all the people that you were playing with. <laughs> I love that. So, given my performance with Werewolf, do you think that I would be any good at Neptune's Pride? Probably, yeah. It's, um, it's kind of hard to tell how much the, um, the, the diplomatic stuff actually impacts things. Um, but it's, it's, it's the fun bit, but occasionally I felt like, man, I've been the best liar, but I'm not as good at the actual ship's thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I guess maybe I should stick with stick with werewolf since that is just about lying. Yeah, just about lying. There should be more. <laughs> there should be more games about lying. I know. Maybe then I'd be better at games. Solium mm. <laughs> um, Infernum is another strategy game that does good lying, um, but is very hard to run, unfortunately, because um, it's on a very old-fashioned play-by-email kind of format. Oh wow! Mm. That's one where you play. Uh, you all play demons um, fighting for control of hell. Uh, because Satan has died, I think. So you're all various dukes and lords of hell, and um, but you can't just like attack someone. It's you have to have like a cause. So you you demand someone give you tribute, and if they refuse, you've got cause to attack them. Mm. Um, uh, or you insult someone, and they that gives them cause to attack you. But by insulting them, you earn respect, and respect is your currency. Um, it's really interesting like that. But it's also a sort of thing where you can again you can have very different factions where you can because you can customize your demons a lot um and 
some you know one of them is literally uh, so one of them is literally deceit and that gives you the power to steal stuff off other people but obviously you if you do that you'll have less starting resources so it's a bit of a gamble um and uh what's, this it's famous for there being like one option that you can take it character creation or two really nasty ones one of which is called um kingmaker which is takes up almost all your points and you choose one other person and if they win you win um, <laughs> then there's a similar one called the power behind the throne which is basically if you're losing um, you can um, agree to become the vassal state of another player in which case you sort of you know um, you work for them you are uh, they're, in, uh, they're in charge you do what they say you attack who they attack um, but uh, and if they win you come second but if you have the power behind the throne you come first instead <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's full of nice stuff. Like there was a great um, diary about it on RPS years ago, um, and I've a couple of times I've tried to play a game, but the uh, unfortunately the kind of old-fashioned play-by-email and manual like combining and uh, recombining of files and things like that is just a pain in the ass, and mm. they all peter out after a few turns. Mm. That's oh, sorry, that's the other thing I was going to say about um, Endless Legend. In fact, is I don't know how this works. So I haven't investigated myself, but I've just talked about all these really unique and different factions you can also just make a custom one by combining the Ooh. traits of all of the uh, of whichever ones of all of these different factions on a point based system so that I would not be surprised if that is not totally balanced and you can accidentally create something <laughs> super broken but um, yeah but you can, but the, that does mean you can do some really ridiculous things and it's really powerful yeah. hmm. well I've been playing... I hope everyone followed that, because I went through about five different games there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you might have to list them in the description, because they kind of all blurred into one while I was listening. Yeah. But I'm sure it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. They all sound pretty interesting. I mean, because they all sound like fairly similar. Yeah. It's it's your kind of game, <laughs> from from what I know about you. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't actually played that many long-term-based strategy games, but yeah, they all, can't, they all are kind of similar. Um so, yeah, Endless Legend was the one I was originally talking about. Endless Space is the one before Endless Legend, um, which is set in space, whereas Endless Legend is a fantasy world. Um, and Set in legend? Yes. Ah. <laughs> they also have something called Endless Dungeon, which I think is just a completely different kind of game, but happens to be set in the same world. Um, oh. It might be a roguelike, I'm not sure. I don't know that much about it. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm generally told that Legend is better, uh, is the stronger of the two, that they're both good. Um, but obviously it's more recent, it's come out more recently, so it'll cost you a bit more money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also mentioned Neptune, Friday, and Solium Inferno, which I will probably link to old stuff about if I can find it. Uh, yeah. Good. I've been playing, or, well, I say I, I, so I've been, um, I went to babysit and, mm-hmm. uh, the, well, she's, so she's 15. It's more of a, um, it's more of a like companionship thing. Yeah. But I, I gave her my iPad and framed, um, which I don't know if you've heard of it, mm. but it's, yeah. um, it kind of, you open it up and it looks like a comic book. Like mm. it's got squares and they each have like a little scene happening in them. And then what you do to play the game is you rearrange the squares to change the order of events. Mm. So like, um, it's kind of, uh, you play like this silhouetted guy with a, you know, trilby hat or whatever. And he's got, I think he's got a briefcase or something. It's very like, um, oh, what's the word? Detective-y, noir type mm. feel. And um, you do things like uh, he he needs to run away from the people who are shooting him. So you change the panels around so that he runs into a table and then he falls over the table and the table acts as a shield to stop the bullets or whatever. Mm. And um I so I gave this to the the girl that I was babysitting and I kind of watched her play it because she was more interested in it th- than I was. Um and it seemed like it was going to be really cool at first. Like I thought that's a pretty mm. new different mechanic that I haven't really seen before. Yeah. Um but we finished the entire game while I was babysitting. It maybe took like an hour and it just kind of gets really samey. Like a lot of the mm. scenes are just um like top down views of different paths or side on views of different paths through an area and you just have to move them around so that you get the right path. Mm. You know, like um 
going along on one level and then going up a ladder so that you're on a different level for the next one so that you avoid the bad guy who's on the level that you were originally on and stuff like that. Um, uh, which was cool the first couple of times you do it, but then they just do the same kind of puzzle again and again and again, and it gets kind of dull. Um, which is a shame because it seemed like they could have done some really interesting stuff. And then they introduced this mechanic where you can reuse tiles and they have a timer on them. Mm. So whereas originally you kind of look at what you've got in front of you and then you put them in order and that's all you have to worry about. Now you do that and then you play it and then you realize that some of the tiles um, you can use again. So like you'll be halfway through the action and then you'll want to quickly drag that tile backwards so that they go through the same one again to go to a different place. Um, which seemed, it felt kind of cheap. Um, but everyone was going on about how great it was on Twitter. So maybe I missed something. Mm. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it was particularly good. I suppose they can always add to it, like more stories and things. They've got something there that is interesting enough. They can make it better. Yeah. Like if they make a sequel, the sequel will probably be good. It's one of yeah. those. Um, mm. but yeah, we just, we finished it really quickly. Like I'd still recommend it because, you know, it's an iPhone mm. game or whatever. So it's not going to cost you very much. It's nice to have something that you know you can do in an hour sometimes. Mm. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's not too difficult. So you shouldn't struggle too much. There were, you know, there are a few bits where you do have to actually think, but most of it is just <laughs> a bit of, bit of trial and error and yeah. a bit of kind of, uh, working backwards. But yeah, that was cool. And then, um, all I've else been playing is, uh, this war of mine, which <laughs> I, <laughs> which I finished my review of and then decided to just carry on playing. I've now played 21 hours. Oh, God. Um, I don't know what I'm on. Probably around that number. Maybe yeah. more. The thing is, I'm only on my third try through because it takes so long. Mm-hmm. And like I wrote this in my review, like I think that's kind of the point. Like you do. So I said when I talked about it before um, that I wasn't sure about how much randomization there was in it. And turns yeah. out there's actually quite a bit like the, the places that you can scavenge during the night. Um, they are different on each playthrough. And then this third one, I started off in winter, which hadn't yeah. happened to me before. Like yeah, in the no. first two, I had time to prepare for winter. And in this one, it was just straight away. You're in winter and you need to get fuel. Um, but I said in my review, like you'll part of you will want to try again because you'll be like, oh, no, I know I can do it next time. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what I need to do this time. But part of you will be like, oh, no, I can't put myself through that again. <laughs> <laughs> like I've just played, you know, uh, 10 hours of this one game and everyone's dead and it takes so long for them to die. It's just so drawn out. Like it is. I, what I noticed, um, cause I was expecting it. I knew everyone was going to die brutally, horribly. Um, but what I found was how long it took. Like I dragged out my first playthrough for 22 days, I think it was. And they all slowly starved to death or died of illness or wounds. And like the days would pass by and you'd think, surely this must be the last day. And you think, well, I should quit, but you don't. You carry on. You stay and see how long that they'll survive. And it's just, it really dropped. I mean, it was still entertaining and fun, but it really, I mean, that's what it must feel like, just that endless waiting. Like, I'm not going to survive another night. Mm-hmm. I had this awful thing where I got to, like, day 30 or something on my second play, and um all my people were depressed, like half of them were depressed, mm. half of them were broken, which is when they're so depressed because like other people have died or whatever. Or, yeah. you know, they like I had kids come to my door asking for food and we couldn't help them. So they got depressed about that. Yeah. So the half of them were broken. And when they're broken, you can't make them do anything mm-hmm. like you can't control the characters who are broken. You have no. to if you want to feed them, you have to get other characters to bring them food mm. and like they won't you can't make them sleep. You have to wait for them to decide to do that themselves and stuff like that. And I, um, I got one of my characters to go to the radio, which is how you get like a uh, news updates on what's going on. And it was like, Oh, good news. International communities have decided to send aid. We can expect a ceasefire in two weeks. And I was just there like two weeks for us. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. But for these people, like that wasn't, that wasn't, that was too long. My yeah. people weren't going to survive for that long. Mm-hmm. Two weeks could have been forever. Like the war might have been ending, but they weren't going to see it. Yeah, it's pretty harsh. Um, I started to feel bad actually because of how much I was enjoying it. Mm. I, I kind of, the first time one of my uh, group got sad was when I was like, ooh, wow. I, like they'd been wounded, they'd been hungry, they'd been tired. And then one of them got, started to get sad and I didn't know that they could get sad. And I was like, oh no, 
I can't cope with this. But um, and then you know, if you don't cheer them up, they get depressed and then broken. But I find, thought that it handled uh, the depression and really well because this it's something serious. Like their mental well-being is really being considered in this. It's as important as food mm. and uh, sleep and warmth, and that's really that. I thought that was really great, and it's really po- and it's when when they are depressed, the other characters need to talk to them to, and they need to talk to other characters to help them to eventually not be depressed anymore. And I just thought they handled it really well. And the fact that it makes them like sometimes they'll be halfway through doing something you've told them to do and then they'll just go, oh, what's the point anyway? And they'll stop like halfway yeah. through doing something. Yeah. Have you ever had the character? So um, you have you start off with three, which is also randomized. Like my yeah. first two games, I had the same three people, but my third one, I had completely different ones. You have you ever had the one who? Sorry. Oh, sorry. You can actually have um, any amount up to four. Mm. Yeah, because when they like come and knock on the door and ask to join, have you ever had the one who can talk them out of depression? She's like, uh, yeah, I've had her from the start. Oh, okay. I think. Um, Yeah, it just says that she's good for morale. Yeah. Do you know what that the the worst thing about that the fact that you can only have four people is that part of you is like, oh no, this time around I haven't got the guy who. (laughs) So there's there's that Marin guy. who's really good at um, yeah. building things out of fewer ingredients. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have him, it's like, oh, I kind of wish one of these other people would die so that I could <laughs> get him, like, yeah. which is awful. No, yeah. I haven't had to sacrifice anyone yet. <laughs> I haven't intentionally. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, so you, um, we were talking about this, and in my second mm-hmm. game, I was being super duper nice. Like, I thought it was going really well. I was giving the, you know, the kids came knocking on the door and I gave them medicine for their mom. And then people came by asking for food. Like, there was a homeless guy when I went scavenging and he needed some food. So I gave him some food. And all my people were really, like, super content, which is the opposite of depressed, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was speaking to you about it, Laura, and you were like, nah, my people are just killing. <laughs> Well, I haven't played like that. How's that gone? So what I did after I spoke to you was I restarted and I decided I was just going to be really ruthless and just kill everyone, steal all this stuff and not help anyone. And I think I sent Marco out, who is a fireman. And he went out on the fifth night, possibly, and killed two people and then stole all this stuff. So it still comes to stealing even after they're dead. And then he comes home, day six, from scavenging all night, sits on the floor and is broken. He won't do anything. He's hungry, he's broken, he's tired, he won't sleep, he won't eat. He's just sat on the floor by the door. And also, um, he, it made my other two sad. Actually, it made one of them sad and one of them depressed because they heard about what he did and he's, they like, why did he kill those people? So I've, I've got, a screenshot that I took. Marco's broken on the floor. Bruno is sad, but he's trying to talk to Pavel, who's depressed. And talking takes maybe two hours, so he's, he's trying to help Pavel work through it. He can do nothing for Marco. He, um, Bruno's also hungry and tired. There's someone knocking at the door, and I'm just like, I need, I really need Bruno to go cook because we're gonna run out of time and no one's gonna eat. And I realized there's absolutely no way to play like this. You mm. you might have a lot of stuff. We had a fridge full of meat and vegetables, but no one could do anything that day because they were all so down about the murdering. Um, <laughs> so. I'm really interested because um, that they've done it that way because mm. at the end of the game, you get these, you know, when you inevitably fail, you get all these snapshot kind of Polaroid type things showing all the major events that have happened during your play. Like with mine, it was like, oh, we helped those children. And then (laughs) blah, 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 got shot while scavenging and all this kind of stuff. And I thought maybe it'll just show you a Polaroid like you decided to murder some innocent people. Like just playing off the the guilt of the player. But the fact that they've actually made the characters remorseful for it as well, like rather than give them, you know, negative karma that just bites them in the butt later, it actually makes them unhappy and unable to function, which seems way more realistic. 
Some of them cope with it better than others. So, like, Marco's a fireman and he's lived, like, a very straight life and he helps others in in his old job. And then you've got um, Arika. Because I, I, this play, the, the playthrough that I did when I was completely ruthless, it just didn't work at all. So I, I restarted and I got another group. And you, Arika very rarely gets down about people being killed because um, her backstory is kind of like she grew up with an alcoholic father, so she's pretty tough and... She was a cat burglar before the war, so she's more cynical and she's seen more, so she can cope with that kind of thing better mm. than some of the others. So in in the next playthrough, I sent them out on the murders, <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> uh, they didn't get broken. They did get sad about it, uh, but um, after the murders and the stealing, I started helping people so that they would stop being depressed. And I think the the bit at the start, really, that was the playthrough that I then survived the whole war because we had a good start and then we could help the children with the medicines and we could get past the awful things that we'd done, which felt a bit wrong doing it that way. I wonder if there is any way to, I almost thought I had it in the one that I'm doing at the moment. I'm on like day 23 or something mm-hmm. and everything had gone perfectly. Like I hadn't done anything wrong, hadn't done any stealing. And then, um, Arika tried to sneak into, uh, an abandoned house, but it was being lived in by some rebel yeah. militia and they just shot her on sight. Oh no. Yeah. So that was kind of lame, but I thought yeah, that I was doing really well and like nothing bad had happened. And I wonder if it's possible to win like that or if you have to make some yeah. sacrifices. I think, I think you can absolutely play uh, like that. If, if you, if you're pretty lucky, I think there is a way that you can get through it, but I, you can't play the way that I tried because everyone will just get depressed mm. and that you, there's nothing you can do then they won't eat and they just slowly die i think the problem is like so when i decided to try and play fallout 3 as a bad person this kind of thing happened in that i tried to just go all out and just murder everyone and obviously you can't last very long doing that because everyone turns against you but yeah. you can i th- feel like in this war of mine you could maybe do like a middle road like you can steal yeah. from that couple in the quiet house right <laughs> just trying to no, I mean, like, so you can steal from this normal couple mm. who don't, I don't think they have any weapons or anything. They're just trying to live a normal life. Mm. Um, yeah. and I think you can steal from them, which is kind of a bad thing to do, but they won't do anything about it because they're not, you know, army members with guns yeah. or whatever. And you can, there's like a, um, a lunatic or whatever it is they call him in one situation. Um, I think sometimes you can get him and sometimes you don't. And if you steal from him, it probably doesn't have as much of an effect either. Mm. So you can kind of do kind of bad stuff without going all the way out and just killing everyone that you yeah. come across. I think like it, it feels more gamey where you have to find a balance. And that kind of uh, felt a bit off to me that I could kill someone and then kind of like... Like, it's, it's if you've got meters of your good and evil, you can kind of balance it out. And that's when it started to feel more gamey and less, you know, survival war simulator. I do think it's interesting how they've made the different people react in different ways to it. Yeah. Like, the, they have the personality types where, like, um, some of them like if you help other people and some of them are like, oh, why did we do that? Yeah. We have to look out for ourselves. Like, I yeah, thought like that was that. quite a nice touch. And, um, one of my characters, like if Marin gets really upset with the situation, so some of them, if they get miserable and you leave them alone on a night out and you go scavenging, you'll come back and they will have killed themselves. Yeah. But Marin, he just left. Like he wow. obviously wasn't sad enough to kill himself, but he was fed up with my group and the way they were doing things. <laughs> so, so he just left and went to, to find somewhere else. One night I, um, I left Arika alone in the house and she robbed me. Really? I ran away, yeah. No way. <laughs> I was so annoyed. I was like, what? I thought we were friends. Obviously, we're in off to Jordan's house where she doesn't have to murder everyone. <laughs> yeah. No, Erica got shot in mine. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say it worked out well. <laughs> oh, man. 
It was going, it was going so well. I got to like day 23. I thought this game was going to be really good because I was on like day nine or something. Yeah. And it was, and the radio said the aid was coming in like a week. And I was like, oh, this is great. I've only got to stay alive for another week. And I just carried on doing the, the, the normal stuff, you know, keeping them alive and growing vegetables and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And then the radio a few days later was like, sorry, it's been indefinitely cancelled. I was like, oh. <laughs> that's so awful. <laughs> guess this war isn't ending then so i've no idea like when the end is going to come how long did you play for before you won uh 45 days i got but i oh, wow. survived once so it could be different every every time I've it is different every time as far as i know um i found towards the end though we we'd become self-sufficient we were growing our own um tobacco and vegetables and we had uh, most rat traps or whatever and i found yeah. that it became very uneventful towards the end and you were kind of just just existing waiting for it all to finish you kind of have to do that though because yeah. otherwise you run out of stuff to yeah scavenge. exactly and then one day all of a sudden it's like oh it's over and we kind of got comfortable with it you know just get up and filter some water cook some food sit down you we'd i'd had a guitar by then no one had any towards the end no one had like any negative status effects going on and it was kind of nice and i was a bit sad when it ended Wow, I wonder if that <laughs> reflects anyone's like real life situation. Yeah. Like you get so used to living in that kind of situation and just doing the things you need to do that it's kind of weird when it ends. Got to go back to their regular lives after yeah. that. Anyway, it's an amazing game and everyone should play it. It's the kind of game that everyone will have stories about that are completely different. Yeah, oh my goodness, I did mean to tell you actually. So I went to, I think it was the Rebel Militia. I went to scavenge there and I was eavesdropping on their conversations. And, oh no, it wasn't the Rebel Militia. It was someone who had a, they had a hostage or something and they were talking about how they'd killed the hostage or they'd Mm. let them starve, but they were going to try and get the ransom money anyway. So I was eavesdropping to this interesting conversation. And then all of a sudden it switched to a different conversation, which went like this. Person one, I met a nice girl last night. Person two, did she give you head? Person one, (laughs) yup. I was like... (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> for one, that's completely unrelated to what you were just talking about, and yeah. I want to know what happened to the hostage. But for another, that's like that's terrible writing. Like who <laughs> says that? I don't know because I'm not a man, so I don't really know. Yeah, Tom? no. <laughs> I can't say I've ever said that. <laughs> I don't I really want. Can't. I don't know why I would ever really want to know. <laughs> I think that's the first thing you ask when someone says they've met someone. <laughs> did they give yeah. you all sex? Yes, they did. Oh, splendid. <laughs> Does, it, I, I, does the conversation continue from there? Is it like a list of sex acts? No, that dick off? no, that was it. Only interested in that one. Yeah. And then they went back to talking about the hostage. <laughs> it was almost like someone had, for a joke, inserted this snippet of conversation <laughs> in to see who was paying attention. <laughs> like one of the developers. And the answer is you. Yeah, <laughs> funny tra- yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, my, mm. well, it's text, so my ears didn't technically perk mm. up, but yeah. if it had been voice acting, they would have done. But yeah, that was really weird. Yeah, that Have you been true. to the the brothel? Yes, but I haven't <laughs> um, been very far into it. Yeah, I just I went in and then there's just a guy and a girl walking down the stairs, and the guy's like, "Yep, she knows what she's doing," and then God. just walks out. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you hire a prostitute? I don't think so. My I said Arica and good she, for morale. I was... <laughs> <laughs> But maybe not very good for your health. I sent Arika because I thought maybe they'll see a woman and there'll be some interesting conversation. You know, maybe they'd say something to her. But all that happened was that she was sneaking along and then she was like, this is the first time I've ever been to a place like this, which I get. <laughs> I feel like that's just the generic text that any one of the characters would have said. It seems to be. They seem to say the same things no matter who you send to certain places. Yeah. Um. So I guess a missed opportunity there. Mm. I did like the fact that there was one room in the brothel that was kind of nicely made up, like it had actual, <laughs> like everything else in the game is just a pile yeah. of rubble, and there's just you know crap all over the floor and stuff like that, and broken windows. But then they've got this one room that's got really nice furnishings in it, because that's where the sex happens. <laughs> yes. Not like Dragon Age, where people have sex on beaches <laughs> behind piles of rocks. <laughs> that sounds more fun, actually. Yeah. Or, or, or once in a forest. <laughs> But yeah, 21, 21 hours and I still haven't won this war of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this might be the one. I've got a vegetable garden. I've got rat traps. Yeah. I've got water, rain catcher things. And I've got a, 
a gun so that if anyone comes oh and i've got a bar um reinforced door yeah and all the all the holes in the building are boarded up and stuff so i'm, I'm doing yeah. pretty well by the time i boarded everything up i didn't get any more invasions at night i think pretty it's pretty sure it's another random thing like uh, on mm. the radio it's like bands of looters yeah. are raiding the city it's a good idea to stay indoors mm. so i've just had like every night someone's come but we've got a gun and everything so it's fine it doesn't tend to lead to any injuries winter was very scary though um even on my playthrough where i got that good start um the day that winter ended i was like yes actually just shot my arms up in the air because it was really tense the whole time just wondering if anyone's gonna freeze to death overnight mm-hmm. yeah and the and how it changes from you thinking, oh God, there's wood everywhere. Like I don't mm. need more wood to being like, why is there no wood? I need yeah. fuel for my heater. Mm. Yeah. Pretty tense. Winter is, winter is awful. I'm glad that in this playthrough winter was first because you find loads of fuel around the house yeah. in that instance and the heater is already built and stuff. Um, and you can, so you can chop there. all the furniture if you've got a hatchet. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. All the, the wardrobes and things that are already there in the house, you can chop them up to get. Ah. Um, I only recently found this out. Okay, cool. I hadn't yeah. thought to try that. I might try that. Yeah, it's really I worth doing. Might go and do that now, actually. You don't need them for anything else. Mm. No, now that I've emptied them all of yeah. the valuable goods inside. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I might go give that a go, actually, now. And uh, we've been talking for ages, so we should probably bring the podcast to an end. I was uh, just going to say, by the way, apparently, I've, sorry, I've just noticed while we've been talking, the new Assassin's Creed has been announced. It's going to be in Victorian London. Ooh. Yeah, I saw someone say something on Twitter about uh, assassinating suffragettes. Mm. Oh. <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, that's I not even imagine. right. It's, it's 19th century London. <laughs> um, I'm sure there will be Jack the Ripper illusions, though. Um, um, yeah. I, um, I'm hoping we call this one Ask Creed. Is there another? Yes. Um, <laughs> is there another beardy, beardy male protagonist by any chance? Uh, hasn't it? Only, gonna... Isn't it only a rumor? I thought Kotaku. Well, not that. Not that I can distrust Kotaku as one of my employers. No, it's uh, <laughs> um, apparently they've played it. It's real. There's screenshots here. Oh, okay. Well, possibly mockups. None of which show the guy's face. Um, it looks but like. But I'm a guy. sure it's a guy. Yeah. 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 I know nothing, and I'm going to say yes. It's a guy. <laughs> yeah. But maybe they'll do a handheld spin-off for us. Yay. We get to play as a Victorian woman. <laughs> in, a, in a corset. And yeah. A full skirt, climbing up drain pipes and things. Sounds amazing. She can do that quote from Pirates of the Caribbean. You like pain? Try wearing <laughs> it. Anyway, I'm sure we'll know more about that soon. Mm. We can talk about it next time. Sure. Laura, where can people find you on the um, internet? I suppose just just chuck my Twitter name in the in the description, right? Because <laughs> um, I can't be bothered to spell it out. I also do a podcast um, called the Recycle Bin Podcast, which is really fun, and you should totally check it out. It's about video games. Mm. Yeah, particularly um, a couple of episodes ago, you had someone pretty cool on. I think. <laughs> yes, we had that Jordan Erica Weber. Who writes for all of the places that and you she's love? Famous. <laughs> she's totally famous, and she was like up for an award. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, you should listen to that one. <laughs> that was a really fun one. Oh, and uh, I suppose I should mention, by the way, that our um, our uh, other colleague Pip has recently been on someone else's podcast too. Uh, she was on the last Crate and Crowbar podcast, so you should Ooh, listen to that. Yeah. Are we sure we want to be advertising another? another- <laughs> PC gaming focused <laughs> podcast. I'm going to be honest with you, Jordan. We're not in competition. <laughs> they, they, do, they have quite a lot more listeners than we do. Maybe we should start getting drunk while we record, like they do. Mm. It'd be it'd be amazing because I don't drink, so <laughs> there'd be that as well. And so you, we're all sitting in separate rooms. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should come to Leamington. It's great here. So when they <laughs> say crate wait. and crowbar, they mean a crate of beer. <laughs> Presumably, yeah. Mm. I can only mm. imagine that's what uh. they're talking about. Mm. Occasionally they suggest it's a crate and crow bar. Ah, I was just going to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, awesome. Uh, Tom, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me at WordMastery on Twitter, WordMastery.co.uk, and various other things by that name. Actually, not that many. I don't really do a lot of social media apart from Twitter. Yeah, same. Twitter it is. And I'm at JawsU, which is J-A-W-S-E-W. I've changed my Twitter name to Jordan Mary Weber because Merica wouldn't fit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's that's my Christmas-themed name, mm. and my picture is now a picture of a Christmas jumper. Mm. So if you find that, then you've got the right person. And you should go to our website, notagamepodcast.com, because it's pink mm. uh, and cool. I don't have a Christmas name, so if you, th- if you can think of one, anyone. Oh, you need a Christmas name. <laughs> Dear listeners, please send in your emails <laughs> suggesting Christmas names. There you go, Tom Santa Hatfield. There you go. That's not bad. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Okay, thank you everyone for listening. Should we say goodbye? Bye. Bye. How do you say bye in Welsh, Laura. Um. Oh no. What is it? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. It's, it's tip of my tongue, kind of. Just make something up. No one will know. <laughs> Bye. No stop. <laughs> no stop. <laughs>